Hello and welcome to episode 43 of the Queen City Roundup. I am Joey Kanji and with me is Matthew Spaniolo. And I say this cringing a little bit as I have the Blue Jays taking on the Red Sox right now on in the background and I see Trevor Simeon limping. So uh, Trevor Simeon. Uh, well, I always say Trevor. I don't know why. Marcus Simeon. I always see Marcus Simeon limping, which is absolutely terrible considering what is going on with the Blue Jays right now. It uh, looks like he's staying in the game, but he's in some pain. I don't know if you have the game on in the background. Yeah, too. I, saw him, I saw him get uh, attempted to get picked off and the ball just, hope you have it almost happened again. Great. Um, oh, my gosh. So let's lead in with that. Um, uh, yeah, I guess. Uh, yeah, we're on the topic now. So before we move on, follow us on Twitter at Queen at q underscore city roundup and on instagram at queen city roundup haven't posted on instagram in a while but that's going to change as things change with this podcast uh anyway that is the intent yes yes so uh uh yeah that's uh so yeah that's that and yeah since we already brought it up i guess we'll lead with the blue jays even though we've got a lot of stuff that we want to hit on with the maple leafs and and some raptors talk as well we now return to Injuries the Musical. Yes, that's that's um, basically what this funny. season has been so far. You know, I made fun of the Yankees for being made of glass. I can't because we are very much made of The Jays are very much made of glass. Whatever, um, um, I know coming into this season, one of our things that we could lay our ha- uh, hang our hat on is that we have like extremely good bullpen depth. And I think that's just out the window as the roster stands right now with all the injuries we have there. Yeah, and uh, it's one of those things where, you know, clearly with what's going on right now. Um, oh, gosh. Don't be yawning on me. You're going to make me start yawning. Well, that's shit. Um, it almost feels like this team can't go a day without somebody else going on the DL. Because it was literally like, obviously, like Springer started on the DL. Um, and then obviously. Kirby Yates. Kirby Yates started the season, and then they needed uh, Pearson on the DL, and then he had Romano on the DL, and then the list just kept dogpiling and dogpiling, and uh, it leads us to where we are today with no closer, technically, uh, I'm assuming because Merriweather is what they want their closer to be. Uh, no well, it's funny because the closer went from Kirby Yates, and then once Kirby Yates went down, we thought it would be Romano, and then we wanted uh, Merriweather to be the seventh inning guy, but now he's just taken over. He did take over that closer spot. I don't know who the closer would be now. I know last year with uh, Thing down, uh, with Ken Giles down, we got um, we had to Bass be the starter or the closer, but he's not in anymore. But it would have been nice to have him because I thought he did a pretty good job as, as the closer in the shortened year last year. And then he went to Miami and is not doing that well. Um, but that's point because we don't focus on what former jays are doing no except for that was just a little anecdote except for like i'm trying to think of like jays that are like not on the team that are still doing well probably Um, the only one is stroman to my knowledge um the closer for the red sox was a blue jay uh uh ken giles who's not not going to be the closer this year but the closer next year no, um, um, uh, what was his name? He got the save Matt again. Barnes? Yeah, Matt Barnes. He was a Blue Jay, wasn't he? No, Danny Barnes was a Blue Oh, Danny Barnes was the Blue Jay. Oh, my God. I'm terrible with first names. I'm just going to stick with last names from now on. 
You should. Um, yeah, like the only one that I think like is really, I mean, like Aaron, like Sanchez is having a good uh, bounce back year. I, I'm, I'm rooting Giants. for him. I, I want to see him do well again. I think I want him back, but again, I don't know what this organization wa- wants. Mm-hmm. I think getting him back would be really good, considering like he's only he's only 28. He's still got a yeah. lot of years left. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, this team starting pitching is very much doo doo, um, which is funny because like going into this season, like I was looking at the starting pitching and like and, like for the Jays, I know you and I were very skeptical just because there's like a couple names that we look at them and it's just like I don't know. They have three usable starters right now. Who's the third? Oh, Matt. Yeah. Robbie Ray will do Robbie Ray things. That last start he had is just a typical Robbie Ray start. Like, just the most the stressful. His ERA is not like within the realm of, of like sticks. I like, like to, an anomaly. I, I, I was tweeting out, I'm like, this start right here is like, uh, it's a Robbie Ray masterclass because, like, Robbie Ray, when he goes and pitches, he's just absolute chaos, but somehow it just works out most of the time. <laughs> yeah. So, so uh, it's, it's weird because, like, you look at the rotation, especially in the AL East, and you have, like, okay, the Rays have, like, Glass now, and Yarbrough's pretty good. Um, yeah, well, Yarbrough's pretty underrated. And, like, that's really about – they have, like, Rich Hill and, like, Michael Waka, who's like not horrible anymore. Um, Chris Archer. Rich Hill's kind of bad. Uh, Brent Honeywell Jr., which is the best name. That That's I think a great I've name. I, I love that name. Um, uh, but again, like there, there's still a whole lot of like flexibility that we're seeing right now with, uh, with pitching. And then, of course, you have the Red Sox, who I thought their pitching was going to be god-awful, but it's actually turned out to be pretty solid without Chris Sale. Yeah, so um, uh, going and, back uh, to – oh, sorry. Uh, I thought, no, I thought no, you were well, done your point. I was going to say, like, like, it's funny how the Red Sox have, like, the technically the best rotation right now, like Rays or Coles behind, and the Orioles are actually getting better pitching than we are, I believe. Uh, just checking here. Well, based no, on, like, the numbers, like, I saw, like, the, the numbers, and, like, the Blue Jays' bullpen really hasn't been bad at all this year. And uh, on regard- the contrary. Yeah, regardless. What was that? On the contrary, it's been very good. Yeah, and, like, especially, with, like, we expected the bullpen to be good coming into the season, but we did not foresee all these injuries. And the fact that it's able to withstand these injuries uh, goes to tell you, like, I know you and I have talked about this a lot, like, the like how the Blue Jays um, – uh, flexibility is and how they have so much depth on this team and I didn't realize how much depth they had in the bullpen like um, a lot of people have come in um, I'm drawing a blank on names right now because I, I am um, like at, they added Chatwood they added uh... yeah well Chatwood was and I don't think Chatwood made an appearance yet this year right no he did oh did he already uh, I believe every pitcher has made an appearance uh, except for actually, no, yeah, I think every pitcher has made a, an appearance. Um, and like, yeah, because we've seen a little bit of stripling. Uh, we seen Anthony K, which did not look good at all. Um, which sucks because he he does have a ceiling to, to do, well, do better. Um, it's, he he's one of those guys who's just like, 
he has the skill there. Like, you know, it's there, but it's just like, it just, you just can't get it out of him. I like what I'm seeing, like in terms of bullpen arms, uh, Anthony Castro looks like a nice uh, gamble. Yeah, he's he looks only good. pitched like a few innings, um, but I like what I've seen out of him. Uh, Thornton and Barucki, I think if, if things continue to, to struggle in terms of uh, starting, I think we could see those two getting some starts. Um, I like start today. I like what um, what Joel Piamps has been able to bring. I didn't know I who he was. I was just about to mention him. Yeah, he was the guy that I think I completely like threw a blank on. Like they picked him off of waivers. Yeah. I think it was either from the Red Sox or from. Uh, I think it was the Red Sox. Let's see. I got baseball reference or, open. Or the Mariners. One of those two. It um, was the. It was Arizona. So you were okay, wrong. We're, we're very wrong. Um, <laughs> not even so, the right league, man. Yeah, not even the right league. And we had two teams that uh, are are actually first place in their respective divisions right now. Yeah, uh, Tommy Malone too is another guy who stepped in. And look, he was and, a guy like he's like a journeyman from what I've seen. Like, hey, he wears the number who, 69 this year, so nothing but respect, nice. honestly. <laughs> I'm, I'm happy that there's like, someone who's uh brave enough to pull that off. You know, who I, you know what I wish? You know, the Yankees have the that stupid whistle whenever somebody strikes out. I just want somebody on the bullhorn, and like, after everyone strikes out, every single strikeout, just nice, exactly. Um. Anyways, last week we got into a very big discussion about uh, Tanner Roark, and that was when he was still a starter. What do you think of him coming out of the bullpen so far? I mean, I prefer if he wasn't on the team, but Same. I mean, like, he did do okay. Like, the thing is with Roark, I mean, I've seen especially from his uh, the, the little bit that we've seen of him, him in the bullpen is okay. Like, if you use him as, like, a middle-of-the-pack, like, two, three-inning reliever, he's mm. fine. It's just, the, like, second or third time through the order, he just stinks. Unusable. Hey, garbage. But he's also, like, 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 kind of unusable, like, at times through the first time through the order and the second time through the order as well. <laughs> oh, absolutely. But, like, I think what you really need to look at here is, like, if you're not pulling your weight, you're going to get cut. And I think – They've obviously seen enough of him to not have him start anymore. And I think the plan is right now, I'm sure once uh, Thornton pitches today, depending on how this game goes, he might uh, earn his spot back in the rotation. Uh, and then you have uh, – what was the name I was thinking of? Uh, then you have like maybe you move, uh, a, again, a Baraki to the bull, or to the starting rotation. Chatwood has started before. Maybe you go with him. Uh, uh, I, I I have a feeling they're just going to go with, like, a four-man rotation, especially when uh, Thing comes back, um, Pearson comes back. I have a feeling they're happy with Ryu, Mats, Ray, and they will be happy with Pearson. And then they just have, like, uh, an opener day. I know, uh, I know Charlie Montoya likes to utilize that. And honestly, I'd be pretty, I'd be pretty fine with that. Yeah, I mean, I'm not a huge guy on the opener, but I mean, you know, it's something that I would definitely be like open to given the right situation. Uh, and right now is the perfect time to experiment just because there's still a whole lot of. Uh, a whole there's still, lot of, what, 140 odd games left? More. Yeah, about yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, like it. it and if you're going to experiment with stuff, it's going to be now. 
And I would like them to add though, like a fifth guy by the trade deadline. But yeah, it, what's good about the Blue Jay schedule right now is they can go with a smaller rotation based on the next two weeks and all the off days they have. They can use the guys that they're most confident in and hopefully kind of, I'm not going to say turn the season around because it's still like super early and like we've seen really a lot of positives with this team so far, but we've also, it's it's been a mixed bag. Uh, you said that before we were recording. Well, I think that's basically like a lot of uh, situations. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Like, I think... And I think, like, what we're seeing is, like, I expected the season to go pretty much the way that this is right now. Like, just the record, if you show me the record right now, it's like, this is what I expected this team to be in April. Like, I didn't expect them to be over 500. Um, Usually, again, the first month of the season is to, you know, kind of find what works and what doesn't. Um, Usually teams that are obviously uh, hot in the first month of the season cool down. So uh, mm-hmm. the, A's, the A's better calm down, winning 11 straight. What the hell are you thinking? Um, but, yeah, I think what it all comes down to is, like, and I had this this question with another buddy of mine. We were talking about, like, guys that should be in the rotation. The, is a guy like Alan Manoa or Alec Manoa really, like, a situation that you see happening this season? Or it's just one of those things where it's, like, maybe a September call-up? Here's uh, how I see it. Um, if they think that Tanner Roark going being back in the rotation is the thing, like you cannot tell me that. Um, like there's there's no convincing me at all that uh, uh, Alec Manoa will be worse than Tanner Roark. Like that's just impossible to be happening. So if that's the case, then I say give him a shot. I th- I say give him a shot anyways. Yeah, and I think like it's one of those things where. You, you're like you're playing with house money here. Like you don't know if you're gonna make the playoffs. The, but like, there's also the like too, but. there's no minor league ball too. So like, I'd rather have him like getting a few reps with the Jays just to see where he's at, kind of thing. Especially at like earlier on in the season, than to just have him sitting there not doing anything at the alter. Uh, I believe he's at the alternate site. Uh taxi squad. I mean, I don't know. If, I don't know if he's on the taxi squad. I think they just optioned him. Or yeah. Anyways, yeah. Like I'd like to see. I think. Oh yeah, he he can't be on the active, uh, squad just because he's of um, just because service time. Yeah, just for the service time. So uh, I believe that day is uh, next week, where he where he could be able to come up with the team. I say give him a shot. Like, what do you have to lose, right? Very true. Uh, And there's very much a lot of. You know, again, like there's a lot of stuff that you don't necessarily know this season, and there's obviously like a lot of guys that you come mm-hmm. up and they're not going to be, uh, what's it? You're not going to be a uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like you're not going to go out and losing. Uh, the moral of the story <laughs> is, is in baseball, no lead is safe. Uh, just because you're under 500 one day means you could, you know, trudge through and, and go over 500. The it's next such a day. long season. Yeah, it's long. And, and it's, it's crazy to me how, you know, there's a lot of stuff that's really happening. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's weird to see baseball almost every day still. Yeah. Um, 
So I wanted to ask you, um, who has been your biggest surprise so far of the season? Ooh, uh, this is a good surprise. I would say Vladdy, but no, because I kind of expected him to to have. I think. Can I go two? Yeah, sure. Go for it. Um, in and I'm going with hitters because again, pitchers can be very spotty. Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and say it's going to be a tie between Randall Grichik and. Uh, Randall Grichik. Actually, no. Uh, shit. Actually, no, I'll go. I'll go pitcher and hitter. I'll say for hitter Randall Grichik for pitcher Stephen Matz. I did not think Stephen mm-hmm. Matz was going to be as good as he is right now. Not saying yeah. I didn't think he was going to be good. Like I thought he was going to be at least uh, a you know a guy hit with like a three ERA around that. But like, dude, he's been killing he's been it. Out. Like, yeah, he's like I knew he had a good spring. And like I would like be looking at him. I'm like, okay, like it's Steven Matz. Like he'll have a good spring and like he'll have some good starts, but will he be able to keep it up for a full a full 162? That was always my concern. And so far, like I know it's still super early, but so far it's like you just gotta go with what you see, and he's looking really good. Yeah. And it's definitely a situation where it's like Guys that are starting slow are going to heat up, like uh, Rowdy Telez. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I guess I agree with you. Like, I was going to have those same answers, like um, like Randall Gerchuk, who would have thought that like everyone like was like this guy's going to get traded, and then he's like, <laughs> he's like, I'm sorry, you were saying. <laughs> Yeah, like I did not expect this out of him. I know he's always had spurts like this, but I don't know. This one's just different. Like he's hitting, he's hitting like two ninety eight right now. Yeah, and like again, like it's not gonna stick. But if you can stick in that area, like maybe like even two sixty, like I think it's serviceable. Yeah, and that's better than what we thought from him. And given all the injuries, I'm happy with the depth. I'm happy with keeping all the depth that we can on the team. Because <laughs> it's been such a god-awful year on the injured list. Yeah, and uh, again, like it's one of those things where you're going to see guys come out of the injuries and hopefully – once they are fully healthy, then they can just completely destroy every single person in their path. Um, who's your biggest bust so far? Well, let's try to not be mean and pick Tanner Rourke. Um, no, I feel like we've been just picking on him for the last like few weeks. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say Kevin Biggio. Like, here's the like, I love Biggio. But I don't like him at third. He's a second baseman to me. Um, he's, he's. I think he's hitting below the Mendoza line right now. Uh, like, sixty-nine. Nice. Um, mm-hmm. But he's very much like I know he gets on base. Uh, like he'll get some walks on occasion. But like he's been swinging at everything, and he, him and Rowdy Telez have just not been great. 
I mean, Danny Jansen as well hasn't been great offensively, but mm-hmm. I mean, he's not really ideally an offensive catcher. And Alejandro Kirk, I'd say, is. Uh, I'd say a tie between those two. Because, like, I mean, Rowdy's heating up over the last couple well, games. Well, Teoscar has only played seven games this year, right? So, yeah, so he's kind of exempt. Yeah, like I'd give him a few more games at least before, like at least like a dozen games to before you can make like a a good reading on him. Uh, And yeah, uh, for me, I'm going to have to say Danny Jansen. Like I agree with everything you say about Biggio and we touched on it last week, I believe. Like when we were saying how like if there's a pitch on the outside of the zone, like he's just not going to be able to get there. And it's just like such a glaring hole that that like – pitchers are aware of and he's just he's really got to fix that if he wants to be a, a good hitter in this league but yeah. uh but yeah going on about Danny Jansen like he's not even hitting 100 right now and like you could argue like what he gives you defensively will make up for it but like you gotta start getting on base man. you gotta do something like his on base percentage is only 147 coming into this game too and like it's just like like you just gotta have more out of there. Like at the beginning of the season, I said as kind of like a hot take that that Alejandro Kirk is going to uh, take his spot. But man, it's not looking like a hot take anymore. Yeah, the outfield's really weird. Like I, I and I think like this is a good situation to have. Like you need to have guys that are, you know, more or less like flexible. Because they have, ideally, you know, they have three above-average outfielders that can all. Oh, hit. outfielders! I was talking about the catchers. Oh shit! I'm. <laughs> I was talking about Danny Jansen, well, well, possibly. Okay. Catch, catching wise, I don't know. Like, there's not many offensive catchers in the league. Like, the only one that comes to mind, well, the only two that come to mind, are well, maybe three. I'll throw three in there. I'll say, uh, Posey is obviously one. Because he's been probably the best offensive catcher in, in baseball. Uh, Real Muto is two. Uh, and then three is going to be Salvador Perez. He's having a resurgence in the yeah. early going of the year. Um, I put Wilson Contreras into that list too. I feel like just yes. compared just compared to the field, he's uh... and, and the name, the name that I was thinking of before I, I think I went with uh who's the third name I said I said uh, I was originally gonna say Travis Darno. But I for completely forgot that JT Romuto is still in the league. Mm-hmm. Uh, it feels like forever ago, like that that guy was here, or not here, but like you know, like relevant. I guess you can say. Um, I would argue maybe Francisco Mejia once he he gets under his uh, his bearings and uh, uh, Will Smith once he returns looks like he has some offensive upside, like when he when he matures. Imagine the real like actor will smith playing baseball like that would be something like i know like he was in <laughs> what, he was in draft day or no not draft day he was in uh concussion he was in concussion yes um that was a really good so film. like oh 100 one of the best sport films um and yeah i think that's really what you're you're seeing right now uh but again there's a lot of stuff again that we don't know uh I'm just kind of bummed out that we're probably not going to be seeing baseball at the Rogers Center this year. I've kind of come to terms and accepted it. I hate the Rogers Center. 
like as a spectator, but man, what I do to be able to go to a game there. Exactly. I it's hate funny because it. I, I, I told you uh, on, on the other show that we did, shout out takes from the nosebleeds. The Rogers Center was actually ranked 22nd uh, in major that's, league. Uh, that's high. I put it like bottom five at best. I'd say maybe 25th, probably 25th, 26th. That's at best. That's where I put it at best. To me, to me, it's right there with like new stadium. Where are you gonna put it? Well, they were already talking about it, right? And and like there has to be somewhere by the lake, man. Like you know how nice that would be to have something like that. I was thinking something at like exhibit exhibition grounds, but the problem is, is like you already have Rico Coliseum there. It's all uh, you already have. I don't think uh, there's enough real estate there, though. That's the thing. Yeah, and like you, you can't really like renovate Demo to be a baseball field. No, that would be awful. You just want, I just want a baseball stadium, and like that's it. I don't know where you're gonna put it, man. Like I, on, I honestly think like I think what Rogers and like ownership is hoping for is like a lot of stuff on the harborfront closes of the pandemic and then they're like we're gonna take this land i mean if they really wanted to they have enough money to buy out whatever they need to buy out and just i guess but like (laughs) i don't know like the fact that this leaked during a pandemic not ideal like this leaked what like fall of this year well here's the thing though like it would have worked out perfectly if they actually did go through with the plans they have they'd have a whole season to get it built for them to move into especially that they were considering tearing down the roger center and I, i don't think they'll tear it down and building it on the same site um it would be weird though because like the dome has been there for so long right but it's just like it would be just dead space if the Jays move their stadium to somewhere else too, right? So there's like the pros and cons about it. Oh yeah, for sure. And I think that's definitely what you look at with uh, with this situation here. Yeah, um, like I don't, I don't know like what's gonna, gonna happen. You don't want like an Astrodome situation in Houston where that building is just completely abandoned now and they don't use it at all. It just kind of sits there and rots. Yeah, that's kind of funny. The fact mm-hmm. that it's it's at this point. Um. So we go from slightly disappointed with the Jays to incredibly disappointed with said hockey team. Um, All right, I'll let I'll, I'll 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 let you start, and I'll put this question out there. I'll answer after you. Give me your honest thoughts on this team since the trade deadline. This team shouldn't even be making the playoffs at this point. Like it's funny because we all got high and mighty uh, about this team. Like it's so weird because like you look at like their their January was phenomenal. Like they had an incredible January. February was a little bit was arguably better. Um, March was where we started to see it happen. This month has been awful. This it was the is- first the first two weeks of March or the first couple weeks of March weren't that great. And then the last half of March to like two weeks ago, they were, they were like phenomenal again. And then, and then this happened, but I just can't be that down on this team because like you're telling me they don't make the playoffs. I'm looking at a team that is easily, easily making the finals. If they just had league average goaltending. And to me, like that doesn't like, worry me as much because I feel like because Campbell's last like four or five starts have been kind of awful um 
and Riddich is uh, Riddich. Um, none. Yeah. So so let's go about that. Okay. Let's look at let's look at our goaltending. Okay. So mm-hmm. there we have had four goalies this year. Mm-hmm. Four, I think. Yeah, four because we haven't seen uh, like we haven't seen Vevelina yet. We haven't seen like Wall or or. or well, we shouldn't see any of those. But, yet. Um, so so let, let's dive into that. Okay. So Freddie Anderson had an 8.97 on the season and going into the, and he had an 8.53 going into like when he was hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, like that's like this team's only issue. Like I know the power play hasn't been that great, but now they have two straight games with a power play goal. So that's like, it looks it, like, for every problem that gets fixed, there's another one. Yeah, so like it looks like the power play is figuring itself out, which is great. Like to be honest with you, like these last like ten games that they have left in the season, whatever it is, like they don't matter because they're comfortably in first place still, and they're not just gonna lose out every single game either. Like that's not gonna happen. So they're com- they're they're gonna finish first place in the North Division, and they're probably going to end up playing the Canadians in the first round, which will be a lot of fun. And I think that the Toronto Maple Leafs are a much, much, much better team than the Montreal Canadiens are. Uh, there's nothing you can tell me that'll prove me other, otherwise. They will beat the Montreal Canadiens very easily in the first round because their goaltending is just as bad as what the Leafs are. And I think the Leafs are just a better team, so that just cancels the goaltending out. Um, so, yeah, like, this team doesn't worry me until we get out of the Canadian division or if we run into the Jets in the playoffs because we will be getting goalied every single day by, uh, so, by so Hellebuck. When you, but when you left the other show, uh, Luke went to me and said, am I scared of the Boston Bruins? And to that I say, no, I'm not scared of the Boston Bruins. They won't because, make it that far for, <laughs> for yeah, when we exactly. potentially like, have to play them. Right. And and that's what I think you need to realize. Like, you know, I don't know if they're... They're not making it out of their division. I mean, can, but I don't know how likely that is. And, like, going back to, like, what the goalies have looked like. Okay, so Freddie Anderson, within his last few games, uh, had, uh, I think I said, what, 880? Yeah, he had mm-hmm. an 8, oh, oh, 853, okay? Campbell, within his last five games, has an 8... Oh seven. Since that last three two win against the Habs, where I think he tied the the, the league yeah. record, uh, he's not been very good. Yeah, I know. Like it's it's it sucks because it's it could very much just be a just be like a, a little slump that he'll just break out of. But like man, like this team, if they can just get like if Frederick Anderson can come back and just give league average goal, that's all we're asking for is league average goaltending. This team is easily making the finals easily. Like there's no doubt in my mind. Like this is the best that this team has ever been in like two decades, three decades. (laughs) Probably. Yeah. Whatever. It's been the best team that the Leafs have ever had in a very, very, very long time. And they're just not getting saves when they're needed. It's just like, (laughs) I cannot stress this enough. League average goaltending will get this team to the finals, which is why I'm not as down on this team as like most people are on Twitter. Like all those doom and gloom fans, which I just can't stand. I mean, like it's one of those things where 
I get it, but like also I've seen this movie too many times. They're playing and super well outside of the fact that they can't get a damn save. You know what this reminds me of? This reminds me of going all the way back to, I think it was 2019, where they were just limping into the playoffs. They were losing games. They were trying to come back late offensively, but like the deficits were way too badly. They were like winning or losing games six to five. Like it was bad. Like it was really, really, really. This really isn't bad. bad though. Like if you look at like a lot of the goals, especially like like the ones that Redditch allowed last night against Vancouver, they're low percentage shots that are just finding their way in. Like the defense is doing a good job of limiting those high danger chances, and they're doing a, a good job at forcing the puck to, towards the outside. And it's like they're. I don't really know what else like it is that this team can do. Other than the goalie stepping up, like that's that's what this team's issue is. If you can, that's all I care about for the rest of the regular season is figuring out their goaltending situation, because it's the only thing that's going to hold this team back is the goaltending. Yeah, and I think that we're seeing that with a bunch of other. Uh, like it's funny to me because this team's also kind of similar to the Penguins in a lot of ways, because like. It's the, funny they employed uh, Cody CC and <laughs> yes, they employ Cody C. They employed Cody CC, who's actually leading their team in plus minus, by the way. Weird, how um, which is very funny. Um, and they also have former Leaf Kasperi Kapanen to boot. Um, I was gonna say they had another former Leaf, but I, I was thinking they had Gautier, but then I was like, no, it's Frederick Goodrow. Um, no, but Gautier's yeah, like, in Arizona. But like if the Penguins can make the playoffs with Christian Yari, who's got a 906, like and like the thing is, is you look at goaltending all across the league and like like the Capitals, who are I think slightly better than the Leafs and like in the standings. If the Leafs can get 906 goaltending consistently, this seems looking so much better. Yo, okay. You want to know something insane? The Capitals have a better record than the Leafs. Their starter is Vanacek, who has a 908. Samsonov is 11-3-1 with an 8.98. What the hell? See, I'm telling you, man. That's all it is. Like, good teams need average to slightly below average goaltending to do well. And that's what the Leafs are. The Leafs are an elite team. They just need, like, freaking consistent average goaltending. But they're not getting that. Like, that's the only – like, I can't stress that enough. That's the only issue with this team. Like, I've seen so many people last night – be like, oh, this team, this team lacks the heart and the grit. Like, we need to put Sabrin in the lineup to do something, or we need Wayne Simmons to punch somebody. And I'm like, punching at somebody on the other team, or getting into fights, or throwing a hit, isn't going to do anything to this team until their goalies start making a damn save. Like, it's just yeah. so. It, it, like, I'm not. The thing is, I'm not worried about this team. It's just frustrating because, like, you see what the issue is, and it's just like right there, and it's just like. What do you like? There's nothing you can really do about it, especially like at this point in the season. Yeah, because like, like, what else? Especially, I hate, I love when people brag on the GM. The GM literally gave you the tools. Mm-hmm. Man, this team needs to sign, go out and sign like a Peter Mrazek in the offseason or something like that. He's one of the big fish free agent goalies. I don't know. I don't know because I don't like what's the price tag? Is it? five is it more than five? i don't think Mrazic will be that much um okay, here's 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 a hot take i want to say a goalie should not make more than five million dollars the only goalies that should make more than five million dollars in this league that have earned it are connor hellebuck 
who makes a little bit north of six million dollars. Vasilevsky. Vasilevsky who makes nine and a half, which rightfully so. He hasn't fallen off yet. Um, I think that's honest, and I think that's honestly it. Like they're like okay. To be fair, like injuries aside, Jonathan Quick at five point eight. That's not egregious. But he's he's bad now. But yeah, he's well. Injuries have caught up to him, right? Mm-hmm. But again, like five point five is like with like with Freddie, for example. Like he he's made his money. He's not going to make more than five. He's not going to make I, more than oh, three. And I don't an, think. An, another example of a player that that deserves like a little bit of credit for making more than than six is Mark Andre Fleury. But Mark Andre Fleury, like an ageless wonder. Dude, this guy's only had a below nine hundred save percentage in one year. Or two years, and those are his first two years in the league. Ever since then, he's at least been above league average and anything elite. And what's funny is that this is probably his best season in his career. He's got his best goals against and is one of his best save percentages. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I think Mark Andre Fleury is uh, going to be a first out Hall of Famer. Yeah, I, I I'd agree with that. I think he has to be. But yeah, like anyways, like for anybody worried about the Leafs. I don't think you need to be. Once this team gets league average goaltending, they're gonna be a dominant force. Like it's, it, like look how how their success correlates with goalies playing well. Look at all their wins, and look at what the goalie, what the Leafs goalie's uh, save percentage was. It's it, it's it's as simple as that. Anything over like any games they had where their goalie was like over nine hundred, they've won. I'm pretty sure. I don't know. I've got to check that, but that's what it seems at least. Just like, like it's, it, it's nothing to do with their heart. It's not their character. It's not that they don't like, they don't want to try. They, they, they don't want it. Like, no, that's true because they're playing well on the ice. They're just not getting a damn save. Yeah. And I think that's really kind of what, unfortunately, some teams that, and even like some teams that weren't beliefs, like the Habs, few years ago it was literally Carey Price dragging that corpse of a team to the playoffs it was 2018 if I remember correctly yeah uh, and like that's the thing like if you like if a hot goal that was the Blues as well because the Blues were not playing great hockey but then Jordan Bennington decided I'm going to play good and now apparently if you have a 908 save percentage you can achieve six million dollars so good things happen if you are okay I guess and we need to stop acting like Zach Hyman is the reason for all of this not being in the lineup. Like Zach Hyman's Zach Hyman. Like I love him. Don't get me wrong. He's a great player, but the issue isn't Zach Hyman being out of the lineup and suddenly nobody cares anymore. Like I, can, he, I guarantee you once Nick Foligno slots into that lineup, nobody's going to care. Yeah. Like to start literally riding him. Uh, I believe he's going to be making his debut on Thursday, so that would be fun. That would be exciting. Apparently, he's been quarantining at his home in Sudbury, where he has like a sports like has like he's been, like he's able to be active there. Like he has like a a bunch of like courts and stuff, and can like keep in shape. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, and I think like it's one of those things where I guarantee you everyone's going to be like, "Oh, Nick Foligno should resign here for like dirt cheap." No, I think he's going to go back to Columbus. <laughs> but oh, he, but that's the plan. He's going to pull a Thomas Plakanitz. 
Whatever. Except like not retire. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just. Yeah. Anyways, that that that's that's all I have to say about the Leafs. Um, it has it, it's just their goaltending right now, and that's it. Other than that, the team has looked fantastic. Yeah, I think there's definitely um, some optimism there. Uh, speaking of optimism, uh, are the Raptors going to beat the Nets right now? Because they're currently up by 10, I believe, 11. I really uh, hope but then they again, they're, make they're, that they're stupid, stupid, playing stupid playing round. Play round. I, I, don't, I don't know what the hell's going to happen. That's such a mixed bag, man. Like, I would, I wouldn't. But what's funny is that they're doing this obviously without, uh, without any. Uh, they don't have hard, like Harden's hurt. Uh, Durant's still going to be missing some time. Um, Lamarcus Aldridge the, is just like, no, nah, I'm good. The Nets have only uh, had like ten games or eleven games with uh, their big three intact. <laughs> That's some load management there, man. I don't know about load management, but or just all three of them just being injury prone players. Maybe. And like it's so and like speaking of injuries, um, well not even injuries. Um, do you want to talk about the fact that this team has handed out twenty five thousand dollar fines and had them handed out to them like it's friggin' Halloween and they're getting candy? Well, this stupid league, like they'd have no idea what is going on right now. Like I can't begin to describe to you how dumb this playing round is like it's the stupidest thing i've ever heard of in my entire life it's it's just it just makes absolutely no sense like you're gonna like you're gonna tell a team that finished seventh place that oh they have to fight their way into the playoffs now like no like that's not how it works top eight are in and that's it i don't know why they had to do this stupid shit it makes absolutely no sense and like you're telling me a 10th place team will should be able especially in the east you know how bad a 10th place team is in the it in the East, I'll tell you now, the Toronto Raptors have the potential to be 10th place. Like, this shouldn't be happening. And and on top of that, they're going to find the Raptors for their load management when they played how many games with only eight players on the bench at the NBA wouldn't postpone because they had – because you need a, a minimum of eight players. So the Raptors just magically had that. So they had to play their game. So God forbid, now all of a sudden they give their players some rest after – asking them to play way more than they should be, especially some of them still recovering from COVID and you give their players rest. And then suddenly the NBA is going to find you for that. Like fuck off. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. And I think that's really kind of what you're looking at in this situation where like, I don't know what the league's doing. Like what, what Fred Van Vliet said, like confident. What Fred Van Vliet said of this being the most unpure year of basketball is completely and 100% correct. When the Raptors, when half the Raptors team was out with COVID, like literally COVID and they're almost like half their coaching staff, how come those games weren't postponed? How come the 76ers got all their games postponed earlier in the year when they were dealing with it, but not the Raptors? The Raptors haven't been able to have a home game all season long. Like, and and, and then you're going to go and short stick them in terms of this as well. Like, and then and then put a fine find them on top of that for God forbid giving their players some rest after going through everything that they've gone through this season. It makes no fucking sense. Like this whole this whole season just throw it in the garbage. And the fact that the Raptors are gonna be able to have a chance to still make the playoffs after the god awful season they had in terms of like everything that's been out of their control. This just shows you how good of a fucking team this is. And if this was a normal season, they'd be a top three team in the East right now. True. Um, 
But again, it's one of those things where it's like this hasn't been a normal season, and like even if you make the playoffs, whatever. No, I don't want them to make the playoffs. I want them to say, I want them to look at the NBA and be like, fuck you. We're going to make this great team or even better. We're going to tank. We're going to get uh, we're going to get a Mobley. We're going to get a Suggs. We're going to get a Cade Cunningham. I don't know. Someone in the top five. They're going to get a top five pick, one of the best drafts in, in years that the NBA will ever see. And then be able to field um, a better team next year when it is a normal season. And then they'll see what the league has been sleeping on for this season. That's what I want them to do. Like this whole playing round shit, just don't even bother with it. It's so stupid. Just, just tank, man. Just, just tank. This is a garbage season anyway. It's just, that's the best thing you can do. And when you're getting handed cards like this, just make the best of it by getting the best player that you possibly can in the draft. Yeah, and I think, like, again, like, th- in this case, tanking is at least, I don't want to say encouraged, but it's, it's fine to the point where it's like, okay, there's at least a draft that you can go off of. It's a throwaway season, man. Like, just... Like, uh, like if this was hockey, different story, because there's nothing going on right now in terms of... Half the players that are going to be drafted have, wouldn't have been playing hockey for over a year. Very much like there's so. no OHL. The is the Q going on? No, I think the Q. Oh, the CHL. Well, okay, here's what I remember. So I know the WHL was planning to come back, but they kept putting it off. I thought uh, the, the WHL o- started, or did they pause it? I think they may have started. I don't know. Um, it did start. I remember that. You know, I know the QWHL tried, and then they had an outbreak, and it got to the point where literally players were sleeping at the rink. And yeah, that was that was, like, that, that was what the a team in the WHL was doing. Yeah. Um like they turned the, the luxury boxes into like hotel yeah. rooms pretty much. Yeah. And like the teams were just like hanging out there just so they can all be together kind of thing and like not have to go to the outdoors, which is an extremely smart idea. Oh, absolutely. And I think that's like that's what we're we're gonna be seeing. Um, or I don't want to say that's what we're gonna be seeing, but it's something that we could have seen from a mile away and mm-hmm. uh you know looking at it right now um like the only other leagues i think that are going on like are all overseas so like in russia with the khl with uh the, the finnish elite league uh the swede uh, the shl in sweden uh switzerland uh, like all like you're, it's gonna be a heavy european draft mm-hmm. which like of course, all the good North American boys are gonna be like, "Oh god damn!" Like I wanted this guy who's like, you know, six three and like one eighty five. But then they're like, "Oh, he hasn't played in two years. Ah, we'll just train him our way," and then he turns into Frederick Gauthier. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I went there. <laughs> yeah. Uh Oh my god. Yeah. So basically, uh, the Raptors have been shafted this season and i don't think there's a better there's a better fuck you to the nba than for them to just tank and ignore that fine and just continue to tank it's it's it it, it, it's stupid yeah and i think like it's one of those situations right now where uh again there's there's so much impacted and there's so much going on right now where it's just like you make the NBA final, like, whatever. 
like basically playing a video. It's like basically like you're playing. They're not gonna mode. make it. Like they're not gonna make it all this stupid playing round. If they make, they're coming into the game today. They're half a game back. Like I don't it's... even know. Like and and again, even if you do, like what do you like? You already have your core locked up. Do you even consider bringing back Lowry? I wouldn't. Like, I think I you consider it. it. It depends on what other moves you make in the off season. Like I don't like if Kyle Lowry wants to come back, you 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 let him come back. Like it's 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 Kyle Lowry, right? Like he should get that kind of privilege. And it's not like he he can't play anymore. Like it's not like he's a bad player. So it's like losing a player like Kyle Lowry in the off season will be tough shoes to fill. Because what he can do on the floor can be replaced by like. Um, uh, by by Fred Van Fleet, Gary Trent Juniors have is I've really liked. He's quickly becoming my favorite player, um, and uh, Mal- Malachi Flynn has been has looked good too. And the more chances that he's been getting, so like, but it's it's what he brings off the court that's going to be the toughest to replace with Kyle Lowry. Like he's the heart and soul of this team. Speaking of off the court, which is really unfortunate, Chris Boucher just went down really hard after a rebound and ooh. It's uh, it looks rough. I have the Jays game on right now in the background because, like I said, I don't care about this NBA season anymore. But oh, oh no! Oh Oh, god! I mean, let me turn. Uh, How bad is it? I'll send it to you right now. It it looks it's pretty rough. Uh, Oh god! I can't tell who it was that ended up like coming down behind him. I don't. It might have been Dinwiddie. Dinwiddie or Dinwiddie, whoever. I always call him. No, not Dinwiddie. He's not even playing. Uh. Cabarot, Lawawi Cabarot, I think that's who it was. But it look, it's like you don't notice it at first, but like it gets like to the second part of the the injury, mm-hmm. and it's like ooh, like just right on the calf, and that's uh, man, he's been such a bright spot too. Like it's 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 gonna it'll suck if he has to miss any time. Which, as you're describing it to me, looks like that he probably will. Because you told me it doesn't look yeah, very good. It, it wasn't ideal, but again, like it's something that hopefully it looked worse than what it was. Like the Hyman injury, the Bogosian injury. Uh, okay, he suffered a left. Oh, knee. that 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 does not look good. Apparently, it is a left knee sprain. If it's so, only a sprain, that's that that's promising, because it looked a lot worse than that. Yeah, but again, like it's one of those, and even, and even like if this team makes the play-in round with like them all banged up and whatever, like they really want to go and get embarrassed. Not really. Like mm-hmm. I get it. It helps with like revenue for the team and like you can use it to attract other people. But like, I don't know. What are you, re- what are you really trying to accomplish here? Like I said, it's a throwaway season. Just try to do what you can to make yourself better for next year. Gary Trent Jr. looks like he's gonna looks like he's going to be like a really really great piece for this team. Uh Siakam I think has become underrated based on all the hate that he's gotten and he's still averaging 20 I believe. So I heard a rumor with Siakam uh that uh involves Mr. uh James Wiseman in Golden State. Uh, and they were saying something along the lines of Siakam and like a first for Wiseman and Wiggins. No, why Wiggins? Wiggins is bad. 
I know, but like it's it's it we one of the things just to keep the 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 salaries matching, just so there's no uh, like overlay in terms of somebody taking on the 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 the, the round, But I don't, I don't know, know why everyone wants to trade Pascal Siakam. He's the William Nylander of the of the Toronto Raptors. I would say that, yeah. Like, who would that be on the Jays? Would that be Biggio? I guess. I don't know. The, the media isn't really that. Like, the media right now, like, they see the, the Blue Jays as, the, oh, look at these kids go. This is fun. Like, what the Leafs were in, like, their first year. And then all those. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, that's what the Blue Jays are now. So, they haven't really targeted anybody yet. But other than Roark, I guess. But. <laughs> yeah. That's been. That, 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 that's a dude done bad. Yeah, but like, yeah, like it, it, I don't think you need to trade Siakam. I think he's a hell of a player. It's just very unfortunate that the way that he's been treated. Yeah, he's averaging a twenty-one points a game. Like that's, I don't know this, and he's tag, shooting, and he's shooting uh four fifty-three from the field, which isn't bad at all. So like, it's it's an efficient uh twenty-one points. And to go along with that, five assists a game too, which is pretty good, and seven rebounds a game. So like he's not he's not a bad player at all. I don't understand all this shit about him because he had a bad playoff series against Boston, and that basically ruined his entire reputation that he's built up up to this point. And it just it's just shitty to see. But yeah, I think he's going to be a very important part of this team. I really like the Ken Birch signing. Uh, I think I hope he comes back for next year. I hope we get a good draft pick. I like what I'm seeing out of uh, Malachi Flynn in his role. Fred Fred Van Vliet is Fred Van Vliet. You know what you're going to get out of him. This is a good core, man. If you could add one more player to that and like get like a true center, like, this team is right back into contention. They've just been dealt the worst possible hand uh, for this season. There's always that one bad luck team. And I think they- that's very much like the Raptors right now. They remind me of the Tampa Bay Lightning that one year when they didn't make the playoffs. Yeah, I would say so. Mm-hmm. Like, very much that. Yeah. But, I mean, who knows? I personally, like you said, I don't think I want them to make the play-in round. They even mentioned OG and Anobi and, like, the steps that he's taken. Oh, yeah, he's been very much, I think, probably, like, the best-kept secret on this team. Especially like, defensively. He's still got room to grow, like, offensively. Like, he's got – like, he's not a bad three-point shooter and stuff, but, like, he, he, there's still more that he can do offensively, but defensively, he's he's elite. Very much so. <laughs> um, But, yeah, I think that's uh, all we got. Yeah, and, that's uh, – There's not a whole lot. Yeah. So, uh no more trade rumors i I remember it felt like for like the last like month before this it was nothing but trade rumors trade rumors trade rumors for both the raptors and the leafs and then like oh yeah here's some blue jays free agent news and now there's like none of that so it's just like yeah now we actually talk about what's going on on the court slash field slash rink exactly and uh there's there's hopefully going to be a lot uh it's it's weird considering that like it's weird talking about stuff right now, considering like what last year we were basically like just doing nothing. And like we took like weeks off and then we finally like had that one episode back. where we talked about mosh pits because <laughs> there's no might, sports or any sports go, news at we're all. Not be, we're not be surprised if we go back to it, depending on how these teams 
uh, play in the playoffs. A lot of the American teams are vaccinated, so. Yeah, and, like, I don't know if you saw Robin Leonard's comments earlier today, and, like, it, it makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, I know a lot of people are like, oh, like, you don't know what it's like, and it's just like, well, you know, you got to listen to what the guy says. He's not trying to be a douche. Maybe yeah. the opposite of a douche, and I really wish that he, like, I really, 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 really wish that, um, you know, the Vegas didn't re-sign him because, like, I could so see them, like, trading for a guy like Robin Leonard. Like, he would be such Man, a good Leonard guy and have. the Leafs agent apparently had talks before he, um, like, uh, sorry, um, Leonard's agent and the Leafs, not the Leafs agent, um, apparently had, like, some discussion before he re-signed. Like, there was, like, mutual interest. So, like, that's just disappointing to hear, man. But... But yeah, it's it's whatever. We'll get a goalie next year. I'm on the Peter Mrazek train. Or uh, I kind of want the Philip Grubauer train. I don't. I don't know. I think Peter Mrazek's the way to go, just because in terms of price. Like I'd love Grubauer, but I just don't think he'll be in the price that the available for the price that the Leafs want him to be. That's true. I think some teams are definitely going to overpay. Yeah, especially after the year he's having this year. Um, I think he'll be getting a, a Thatcher – no, not Thatcher Demko. Uh, he'll be getting a Markstrom-type deal. Oh, yeah. And mm-hmm. that's the way that that's the way that the league works. Yeah. Um, anyways, before we sign off, uh, congratulations, uh, Patrick Marlowe, passing Gordie Howe in NHL games played. That's uh, pretty cool. I don't care what people were saying online. Did you see that one stupid writer from the from the Star? Uh, let me find her name. The, oh, the Steve Simmons female. Um. Yeah. Um. One sec. I'm gonna find this. I'm gonna find this tweet because it was so 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 stupid. Um. I replied to it saying, "Uh, what was my reply? I don't remember." Imagine it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. I gotta I'm scroll sure, through the timeline. I'm sure. Oh, here, yeah, right here. Rosie DeMano. Oh, I see it. She says uh, she Milt Donnell wrote eleven thousand columns for the for the star. I'll never catch him, but if I were to reach ten thousand nine hundred ninety-nine, I'd stop. There's much to admire about Patrick Marlowe as a hockey player. Sorry, I lost. I, a, I, I clicked on human, something. And as a human yes. being, not this. Respect. Respect what? I, I mean, replied I, I replied saying big loser energy because that's what that is. You have the chance to be like, like uh, I, it was Mark Howe, Gordy's son, who said it like in one of the congratulatory videos to Marlowe. He said... If my dad was still around, he'd be the first one to want to shake your hand and congratulate you on the accomplishment. And and like that's the thing, you know what this reminds me of? It was when people were pissed off when LeBron broke Kobe's record. Yeah. Why are you mad about that? Records are made to be broken. Don't be upset at greatness. Like you're gonna, you're literally witnessing greatness. Let's don't be upset at that. Like I feel like this, this is um, uh, what do you call it? I call it the Steve Simmons effect. Oh, it is. Steve Simmons too was being an idiot about like saying stuff, um, but also, but well, I prefer not to talk about him on this show. But but also, like, I, I call this the Steve Simmons effect because people realize all the engagement from hate clicks that he gets on the 
on, on, on the Twitter sphere. So I feel like now in Toronto media, because it's so, I think there's a lot of in there, like it's so saturated that a lot of, um, a lot of people feel the need that they got to say the dumbest shit possible in order to be noticed. And that's why I call it the Steve Simmons effect. Yes. Like, I don't know. Like, I, uh, if anything, to me, I'd see it as being disrespectful to purposely not break his record. Like, if I was, like, somebody whose record is being broken, I don't know what kind of record I hold that someone would want to break. But that's aside the point. Uh, I feel disrespected of them purposely not wanting to break it because, like, I'm not a little kid. I don't need my hand to be held and stuff. Like, I don't need, don't have to worry about my feelings being hurt. Like, everybody uh, just wants to complain. Yeah, it's it's big loser energy. That's what it is. Um, yeah. Never stop somebody from being the best that they can be. And don't call them a bad person for achieving those goals and wanting to be the best that they can be. But they still will because they, they have small PP energy. Yeah, uh, big loser energy, as I called it. I'll, I'll call it small P. I'll, I'll call it... Uh... The opposite of what OG Ananobi has. S-L-E or S-P-E, small P-P energy. S-P-P-E. Yeah, S-P-P-E. Anyways, yeah. So, anyways, I'd rather talk about how, like, what what a great – we'll just leave it at that. What a great career Patrick Marlowe has put together for himself. Easily a Hall of Famer. Love. I I think we can also agree the best thing that we saw today was the – Matthews and Marner congratulatory video with Joe. <laughs> that was amazing. With, with Jumbo naked Joe. Naked. I mean, like it's. Did you see the? I I don't mean to say uh, what it is, but what's funny was um, somebody posted a video or a picture of uh, an X-ray that Joe Thornton did a few years ago, and it was just literally like they were like X-raying. I think his pelvis or something. Dude, guys, packing. They don't call see why Jumbo. they call him they call him Jumbo. <laughs> exactly. Like it's like it's like the equivalent of when you go to like your local deli, you get the biggest shrimp that's there. Yeah. And I just ruined a lot of people's <laughs> idea of shrimp, or I probably made it a lot better. Did you see uh that, that picture that was surfacing? Apparently Matthew Thornton and Anderson went rollerblading out in Vancouver during the uh, on their off day in Vancouver. And Joe Thornton's there wearing jeans and no shirt, just rollerblading around the city. And the one where he signed his extension with the Sharps on a friggin' lawnmower. Oh my God, Joe Thornton's amazing. But anyways, yes, Patrick Marlowe, that's what this is about. Uh, Congratulations. Uh, I don't think it's a record that will be broken again, at least not anytime soon, just based on how many careers go these days. Yeah. But yeah, um, all the best on what comes next for him, and hopefully he plays a few more games. Yeah, um, and I think like like looking at him right now, the only person that has the possibility of breaking uh, Marlowe's record right now is Joe Thornton, who's at sixteen seventy. Um, but I don't think he'll really catch him. That's the next current one. The next guy who's current is Zdeno Chara, who is two games away from sixteen hundred which is pretty amazing in itself. The next guy after that, and we'll end on this, is, okay, there's no one currently playing. These are the only three guys that are left. And I don't think any of them will do it. Joe Thornton's literally playing on two artificial knees. 
And then in terms of, uh, I just want to see how close Ovi. So Ovi is one goal away from tying Marcel Dion, and he is eleven goals away from tying Brett Hall. Man, I really want to see Ovechkin. Um, oh, he's doing break it. that record. I, man. I want it. I want it's it such a it. shame for him because like there would be no debate about it at all if there wasn't uh, two lockouts and he didn't have to play in four shortened seasons. Was it four or three? Three shortened seasons. The 2013. Uh, no, yeah, two. No, oh, the 2013 one, one last season and this season. Right, yeah. Like, man. It's tough. If he, if like, he missed out on his full, I get what would, would have been his rookie season. So you're looking at, like, what, 20 plus goals there. You're looking at another, like, 50 goals ish. No, maybe not. Uh, Okay, maybe looking at another like thirty goals, ish from all the the time he missed in like shortened seasons and stuff. Man, it would have it would have been no doubt in my mind that he would have broken it if the, all this shit happened. Oh yeah, I definitely don't uh, disagree with you there. Probably more than thirty goals. I think I'm lowballing it a bit just to be reasonable, but whatever. It he would have been a lot closer. Let's just say that. Lowballing is not bad at all. Uh, anyways, yeah, that's all we got today. Be sure to follow us on social medias, Instagram at Queen City Roundup, on Twitter at Q underscore City Roundup. And uh, yeah, we will catch y'all next week.